If we're going to be real, we got to be real. A win is a win, but that was an ugly win. You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. LinkedIn jobs help you find a qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's linkedin.com slash LockedOnNBA to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Now, I guess this got me in trouble before. I'm, for, by the way, I'm, I'm Keith Pompey, one of the co-hosts of Locked On 76ers. And I want to say two years ago, it's funny because two years ago, the Sixers go to Toronto. And they play a Toronto Raptors team that was extremely undermanned. I mean, they're bringing guys in off the uh, – was it they're bringing guys in off like from the, the the G League team? I mean, it was it was crazy. It was uh, they they oh they even had this. They signed guys to like ten day contracts. It was a year with the COVID or whatever when they had things like that. No, it was right afterwards. But anyway, they they were signing these guys, and they had all these guys like new guys on the team who really haven't played before and they gave the Sixers a run for their money and then after the game it, I say to Doc Rivers were you pleased with that performance and then we it went viral where he said uh when is a win yada yada da, da. and then it just went left right you could go on YouTube and you could see it um well last night to me was Similar to that. Now, I get it. I know that Pat Bev didn't play. I know that uh, uh, DeAnthony Melton didn't play. I know that um, uh, Mo Bamba didn't play, right? But, oh, Robert Covington wasn't there. But Robin Covington hasn't played since December 30th. DeAnthony Melton has also been out for a while. Mo Bamba doesn't always get his number called, right? So Pat Bed is sick. He didn't play. He doesn't start. Comes off the bench. Started one game, I believe, this year. They go up against a Charlotte Hornets team that was without its top two centers. The Sixers have Joel Embiid, not just the best center, arguably the best center in the game, He's the reigning MVP, right? LaMelo Ball, the best player on the, on the Charlotte Hornets, didn't play. So Tyrese Maxey was there. In other words, they had a lot of guys. So where they had the Sixers had the advantage just about in every position. But it was an ugly win. Um, 
they basically needed heroics in the fourth quarter from Tobias Harris um, and Daniel House in order for them to escape with a 97 to 89 victory. Yo, at one point they took the starters out thinking they had the game one and they had to put them back in. All right. I mean, that's how bad it was, right? They, the crazy part was in the first half, in the first half, Joel and Beach had 14 shots. He shot six for 14. Tyrese Maxey had, was shooting five for 14. And beat at 20, Maxey had 12. No other teammate had more than two shot attempts. And they were clinging to a 46 to 45 lead at that particular time. Now, I thought it was bad, y'all. Now, again, I get it. A win is a win. The Sixers improved to, to, to 20, 28 and 13. They're on a five-game winning streak. All is good. I get that they were playing on the back-to-back where they went from Orlando to Charlotte. But I also realized that the Hornets were on the back-to-back too. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the Hornets have lost 18 of their last 20 games. The Hornets are one of the worst teams in the league. They threw out a starting lineup of Cody Martin, Miles Bridges, P.J. Washington, Brandon Miller, and Terry Rozier as their starting lineup. Right? Sixers had a starting lineup of Tyrese Maxey, Kelly Oubre, Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, and Nick Batum. All right? So there was no excuse for that performance. And I think the Sixers got to get better. And it sounds crazy to say that because they've been playing well. But to me, that game had as much to do with hero ball than anything. And what I mean by hero ball is the Sixers knew that the Charlotte Hornets had no one on that team that could could stop them. They knew that this was going to be one of those boat race games, at least was supposed to be. I didn't see any ball movement. I saw Joel shooting the ball. I saw Maxi shooting the ball. I saw a lot of other guys standing around watching. It to me, and what I mean by that is, This, to me, in my opinion, this was supposed to be the game where they say, look, we're going to get ours. We're going to get ours. We ain't going to play team ball. We're going to get ours. We're going to get our points, and we're going to sit down, laugh, relax, and all this and that. It was easy. I mean, how else do you explain MB getting 14 shots, Maxie getting 14 shots and no one else on the team having more than two in the first half, right? Now, again, I get it. The stars are going to be stars. They both, you know, they, they, they're they the top scoring duo in the league. Heading into that game, they were averaging 61 points a game. That's, you know, combining the average that 61.3, which was number one in the NBA. I get it. But this isn't the first time that they played a Bobo team where they were supposed to blow them out 
and there was no ball movement. Guys were going for self. And they just can't continue to do that. Because I'm here to tell you, like, yeah, they probably would have played better or had better movement, a better plan if they were playing a more competitive team. All right, let's face it. They would have. But if 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 they play that way against a more competitive team, that would have been a loss. It would have been an embarrassing loss for the Sixers, right? Now, one thing I will say is they got better in the second half. The fourth quarter, they opened up the fourth quarter with a 13-2 run. Tobias Harris had six of those points, which gave him a little bit of a cushion. Now, they also benefited from poor shooting. I mean, poor shooting by uh, Charlotte in that fourth quarter. It was kind of like Charlotte forgot how to play, and Charlotte turned the ball over a lot. And you can look at it and say, you know what? The Sixers had something to do with it. Um, but it was it was crazy. Like Charlotte has 17 turnovers total. In that fourth quarter, the Hornets turned the ball over nine times, right? So they had 17 total, and they turned the ball over nine times. In that fourth quarter, the Hornets shot 31.2%. They made five or 16 shots. From three, they were two or seven for 28.6%. They made four or six free throws, 66.7%. Now you go ahead and you turn it over. and you I mean, you look at what the Sixers did. The Sixers were struggling mightily shooting the ball through three quarters. Through three quarters, the Sixers was only shooting 38.5% from the field and 15% from three. They were three or 20. They were 16 of 20 from the foul line, shooting 80%. In that fourth quarter, with the game on the line, the Sixers shot 55% from the field, 11 for 20. They shot 40% on three. They made two of five, and they made all four of their foul shots. They had they had four turnovers, comparable to the nine by Charlotte. And then, and they finished the game with ten turnovers, right? So, you know, it, it looks like it was a little bit even. They might have had, yeah, it was a little bit even, 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 even before that. And then, um, you know, every everything everything worked out. Everything worked out for them. They were they were lucky. I'm telling you, if this would have been another team, they probably would have lost. A healthy team. They were lucky. But to me, this is something that can be corrected. It's all about playing the way you're supposed to play. Because I feel like they didn't do that. Honestly, I, I do. I feel like they didn't do that. I honestly do. I want to talk to you all about LinkedIn. LinkedIn. At the start of the new year, Every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that I'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created a tool to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and free. Right. LinkedIn isn't just 
the job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. That's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs and delivery quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is in, um, is quick and easy. So this is what I want y'all to do. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MBA. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MBA to post your jobs for free. Terms and conditions apply. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. So, we talked about Tobias, and I keep talking about Tobias a lot lately. Um, you know, Tobias played well, right? He played well. Um, he kind of saved the day, right? He, he's, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, I, I do think that Tobias can remain as a third star here. It's going to be interesting because when you look at it, a lot of the free agent, the top free agent guys, and what I mean by that is like Pascal Siakam, you expect him to resign with Indiana. You never know what's going to happen, but you expect it. And the reason why I say you never know is because when Jimmy Butler came here, that there was a thought that he was going to resign with the Sixers, right? That was a thought, at least initially. And then it didn't go well, and, you know, he wanted out, and I, I, it was just a lot, right? So – um, you don't know what's going to happen over the course of the season, but you assume that Pascal is going to resign with Indiana. You assume that OG is going to resign with the New York Knicks, right? Um, Kawhi Leonard has an extension with the Clippers, and then you wonder what Paul George is going to do, right? You know, you assume that Paul George is going to stay there. So with that being said, there's not like a lot of guys out there. And Tobias will probably be one of the top free agents out there. All right. The question is, if the the Sixers say they really like him. But the, the biggest thing is with Tobias isn't like him is his contract. I mean, he's making $39 million this season. Do you see? The Sixers paying them that money, I don't. But do I see them maybe saying, hey, we want you back for less? I, I can see that happening. And the way that he's playing, I mean, if they can come to a figure that they both agree upon, the way that he's playing, I think that that will be good moving forward. 
I feel like there's a lot of question marks right now, right, with people. And let's face it, plan if if you want to be a club, uh, I think playing with Joel and B. If you are a quote unquote a list player, can be tough. It can be tough, and I don't mean that to throw shade at Joel. I don't mean to throw that to throw shade at other players. But what it is is the reality is is that he is a scorer. The offense runs through him. Typically, A-list players are used to stuff running through them, and it runs through perimeter players, and then the big gets the leftover. Well, here is about Joel. Joel is the first option, second option, whatever, right? I mean, it's, it's him. So if you go out there and you get a guy, let's just say if you get a Paul George, or let's just say if you get a Kawhi, let's just say if you get like a Pascal Siakam, all these guys. I'm just naming dudes, Zach Levine or DeMar DeRozan. How are they going to deal with being second or third fiddle? I mean, you know, that's the thing you got to realize. Like, these guys are used to being either number one or number two, wherever they were. You know what I mean? And now you're going to slide down. So how are you going to feel used to that? I mean – and let's say Joel's the league's leading scorer. This is the third year running. I mean, if he plays enough game, he'll be the MVP. So you got a, you got a guy like Tobias who's played for him. This is what, five-plus seasons? So he has an idea of what it's like. He knows how to mesh in. He's playing his best basketball right now as a 76er. So, um yeah, I feel like he would be a good fit to retain if they can come back and agree on a on a on a on a on a salary. You know, um, I don't think here in Philadelphia he'll break the bank. I mean, there may be a team, a couple of teams that's going to pay him um, the money that he wants to make, but I also think that those are going to be situations where those teams are going to be year away, a year away type of situation. And then they may even end up trading them. You know how that goes. So, you know, it, it is what it is and we'll figure some things out, but I'm just throwing that out there because I do believe that um, Tobias has really been balling. I do been balling big time. And, and uh, I think the Sixers would be uh could, depending on what's out there, if they can get him for a bargain, you know, would be better suited bringing him back. I, I do, if they can get something for him, right? I, I really do. I really do. Let me talk to y'all about BetterHelp. This show slash episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, you know, the thing about BetterHelp, you know, the thing about I like about BetterHelp is you know, around New Year's, we get obsessed with how to change ourselves instead of just expanding on what we've already we're already doing right. Maybe you finally organized one part of your space and you went to tackle another. Or maybe you're taking your supplements every morning and now you want to actually eat breakfast too. Therapy helps you find your strengths so you can ditch the extreme resolutions and make changes that really stick. 
tell you, man, I got to do a better job of my resolutions. I really do. So uh, I'm, 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 when I get off, when I get done this podcast, you know who I'm reaching out to. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited for your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Celebrate the progress you already made. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LockedOnNBA today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash LockedOnNBA. Do it today, people. Definitely do it today. Now, Mitch and I talked about the John Tay Murray. And there was a point where I was like, nah, Mitch, I'm looking at that situation in uh, Atlanta. I'm looking at all the draft picks they gave up for him and seeing how it didn't work out. And, you know, I started talking to more people around the league, and they were like, look, Keith, there were some people within the organization that didn't want to make the move, right? Come by Atlanta. Like they realized that they weren't going to be a good fit. So when you look at it, they say you look at it as through a fit. Uh, is he a better fit with Maxie than Trey Young? I said, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And then the more I looked at it, after I got off the phone, I started researching some stuff. And it's true. He's just not a good fit in Atlanta. And there are eight teams who are interested in him. The Knicks, the Nets, the Lakers, the Sixers um, are among those squads. Um, Miami, Miami, Lord knows Miami is looking for another point guard too. They're throwing a mix. So the thing is, when you look at him, you say to yourself, like, you know what? I think having him could move Maxi off the ball. And if you don't allow yourself to get tricked, Maxi has been playing a lot off the ball lately. Right? It's one of those things where they give the ball to Tobias, they give it to D Mel, and then Pat Bev comes in and he's running the show a little bit, right? So Maxi is going to his two guard spot. Don't get me wrong, he gets some little bit of dimes and he does stuff like that. But at the same time, he's more so in attack mode, focusing about scoring than he is trying to get people involved, which is good for the 76ers, right? Um, so I feel like if if you have if you have that, if you if you have um Murray doing that and moving Maxi off the ball, it makes him a little bit more lethal. Not only that, he's 6'4 with a 6'10 wingspan. Um, a couple of years ago, he led the league, the NBA in steals. A couple of years before that, he was a second team all defensive player. Um, with his length and all that, and you get, you put like Tobias out there long. You have uh, Kelly, um, Kelly Oubre long. You have um, Nico Batum long. You have all these guys that you have him in the mix. Um, even down DeAnthony Melton is long. Like he's 6'2 or something like that, 6'3. 
with a six nine wingspan, right? So this guy Murray has a six ten wingspan. So I like that length. Also like the fact that you can bring Melton off the bench. So now you got a deeper rotation. I, I, you know, the, the question though is, are the Sixers willing to give up two firsts for him? Because it seems like that's what they want. Atlanta appears to want two first round picks. And then secondly, Atlanta also wants a valued player in return. Now what the Sixers have is they have a lot of guys who are in expiring contracts who can become free agents next year. Um, some of them are a little bit older. You know, they're not going to, they may or they may not break the bank. But then for the young talent is a guy like Jaden Springer's under contract who they can trade. You know, KJ Martin is, has an expiring deal. But I don't know if those are two guys that Atlanta will want, especially when a team like New York, you, you hear Spencer Dinwiddie's name floating around from New York as a guy who could possibly go in in that deal if New York has him, go, go to Atlanta. So you can't win that one. Then D'Angelo Russell's name popped up in another thing I, that I saw So for the Lakers. So when you look at Jaden Springer and KJ McDaniels, no offense to them, but you would rather have Denwitty, you would rather have Russell. That's just how it is, right? So I don't know if the Sixers have enough. But I'm telling you, this is a guy that is starting to intrigue me a little more. At first, I was down on it. But, you know, the last, last look at look at Friday night, uh, Trey Young didn't play, and this guy was balling. So I really like it. People in Atlanta call him the black hole, though. Uh, talking about Murray, they call him the black hole, but I, I think he's a quality player. I do. I do. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Look. It's me, Keith Pompey, flying solo today. I want to thank y'all for listening. I want to thank y'all for everything. Have a a blessed Sunday. Enjoy this day. And uh, I'll be back tomorrow with my man, John Mitch, to talk about the Sixers. They got Wimby. Wimby Yana's in town. So let's talk about that.